everyone. This is Greg Drevenstead, Editor-in-Chief at Writer Magazine, and your host for the Writer Magazine Insider Podcast. Our guest on episode 59 is Nick Einach, CEO and lead instructor at the Yamaha Champions Writing School, and he was interviewed by Associate Editor Paul Dale. Many of you are probably familiar with Nick Einach. He was a founding editor of Sport Writer Magazine, and he's written extensively for Motorcyclist and Cycle World magazines. Einach competed in various AMA, WIRA, and other road racing series in the late 80s and 90s, and he's the author of the 2003 book, Sport Riding Techniques. After serving as lead instructor at the Freddie Spencer Riding School for more than a decade, Einatch started the Yamaha Champions Riding School, which provides on-track and street-based training around the U.S. Back in 2012, I completed a two-day YCRS school at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, and I learned a lot that still informs my riding today. Some of the YCR catchphrases, like load the tire before you work the tire, still echo in my head on test rides. In January, Paul Dale completed a two-day YCRS Champ School course at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. His review of the school can be found on RiderMagazine.com and in the June issue of Rider. In this episode, Paul and Nick take a deep dive into Champ School. To learn more about Yamaha Champions Riding School, including their Champ U online program, visit RideLikeAChampion.com. Thanks for listening and keep the rubber side down. Well, Nick, thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate that. And, you know, as I had mentioned in, in my article, thank you so much for the class and, and everything great that you instructed and, and your other instructors uh, gave me during those two days. It was a, it was a great experience. I'd, I'd like to move on. Of course, we're, we're here to talk a little bit both about the, the class and, of course, you as the subject uh, of the interview today. So you've done a lot of amazing things, uh, from racing to writing as both a moto journalist and an author, uh, to instructing writers, uh, and and I think uh, as a moto journalist and in, in many cases instructing writers. So I, I'd like to talk a little bit about that. I I feel kind of like I'm interviewing a celebrity today. I'm not used to interviewing such a well-known folks. I hate to ask questions that make someone narrow down their response from a wide field to just one superlative thing. So instead, I'll ask you, can you tell me maybe one of the things that you might consider one of your greatest accomplishments over the years? <laughs> or, or maybe a couple <laughs> things if you want to <laughs> even narrow well, it down yeah. that much. <laughs> So basically, you're asking me to start the interview by bragging about myself. That's really, <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. Uh, I, I do want to say uh, kudos back to you, Paul, and to Greg for for you to come to the school to continue your rider education experience because you're going to ride motorcycles uh, that readers are thinking about spending their money on. And so the the, the more you understand uh, riding technology and et cetera, the better your reviews will be. And I, I know I read a lot of magazines and I always kind of want to know who am I reading? What have, what have they done? And uh, so I, I just, I just want to thank you back for being open-minded and, and coming to the school and doing so well, you know, having such a great enthusiasm for it and also open-mindedness. So kudos back, uh, you know, to, to, to get to your question, there, there's, there's, a, there are a lot of things as you look back, especially at my age, I'm 61 now, you look back at, at life and you, you're a part of so many strong groups. And uh, the current group that we're a part of right now with YCRS, Yamaha Champions Riding School, has really morphed into a group of the willing. And we have 
we have brought in some young instructors that have completely bought into this idea that we are a customer service company that happens to ride motorcycles. And that that idea, that idea that that everybody who shows up at our school has shown an interest to to improve their riding. And our job, our only job, is to make that happen. And so that's one of the things that I am super proud of. When I when I watch these young uh, men and women who work for us uh, do such a strong job, that is that gives me great joy because we've all wanted to ride well and we've all wanted to be world champion. And that's you know whether whether that every reader out there has thought that, but anybody who's gone racing has has wanted to be the world champion. So to be able to help people along, I know you're laughing, but to be able to help people along the goal of becoming that, that rider uh, with this group that we have is, is, is truly a blessing. Well, and I, I chuckle a little, I, I, I don't foresee myself as a, <laughs> uh, seeing that checkered flag anytime soon, but I know yeah. during the class, there were some, some folks there that, uh, you know, that were definitely interested in, uh, in making a career out of it, increasing, increasing their abilities. So I, so I know that's the truth. And, uh, and I know a lot of our readers are also interested in that as well. Um, and and I'll, I'll say, I had mentioned in my article, and, and I'll say it again here, just props to the way you and your instructors facilitated the class. I, I like that you said a, a group of the willing and a customer service company that just happens to ride motorcycles. I, I was blown away by the, the I, I don't want to... S- Make it sound like you were too easy on us, but the the courtesy and and the the consideration and 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 really the the care and in, in the in the approach and the, that was taken by all of the instructors. I, I admit I was a little intimidated going in. Um, I, I did watch the core curriculum classes and and I got a sense. I was like, wow, these guys are these are these are nice folks and and they're having a good time. And but I was still a little intimidated and and that quickly went away. So. Uh, so I appreciate that approach that you've all taken. Um, and you know, it, it speaks to it speaks to something that that you probably heard at the school is we we wanted to make this the golden rule school. In other words, what what kind of school would the instructors like to go to? And let's make that school happen. And every one of my instructors at, at any age or length of time of employment has a voice at the table at our school because all all we want to do is make those two days or even our one day programs, the most correct information we can pack in, in those two days. And, you know, we, we charge some money for this, you know, it's a, it's, it's an expensive school for, for a lot of reasons, but um, it is an expensive school. And we realize that up front. and we, and you, you remember, we said, you got to get your money's worth out of this thing because if, and, and our, and our idea was if whoever attends wants to become a good writer and good means safe at any speed you choose, that's how we define that. You want to go to the Alps and, and ride on an Alps tour and be safe. You want to ride two up across the country and be safe, whatever your goals are. If you have two days and you can spend two days with us, we will equip you for the rest of your life with a notebook full of what we believe are the best practices. And so it is a bit of money. We realize it's a bit of money and we're going to do our very best to over deliver and give you more than you paid for. And I know that. That's just this customer service idea is such a common touch point and talk point that people say, oh, we have, we value customer service. But you know what, Paul, I, I deal with companies 
and restaurants and telephone companies and insurance companies like you all do every single day. And I don't see good customer service very often. And so it, it pushes me and my group to step up and provide above and beyond what people paid for. And that's why I'm proud of my of, of the kids that work for us carrying that message. Well, again, I believe you're you are accomplishing that. Uh, so so well done to the whole team. You know, you mentioned something that I'd like to that that segues nicely into the next question I have. You mentioned that you want to give riders the most correct information. And and I remember hearing that and and it might have been either in the the Champions Habits core curriculum or or maybe at the class in Las Vegas, maybe both. But I remember hearing that you you said that the the writing school prides itself on staying up to date and bringing that newest information. Uh, one of the things I mentioned in my article is is how interesting it was to me how much math and and science plays into effective writing. You know, obviously the laws of physics aren't changing. Uh, so can you maybe give an example for our listeners of of where you've seen and and incorporated? new information or, or maybe the impact of new technology into your writing or instructional techniques? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for noticing that. And uh, I, I think once you get married into a curriculum and you, you cast it in stone or worse, you write it out. No, I'm just kidding. We've written <laughs> ours out. But once you cast your curriculum into stone and say, everybody teaches this forever, man, you get in trouble because it doesn't fit everybody. You know, if, uh, if we weren't always willing to to advance and learn, I think we would have been stuck a long time ago. And now you're teaching things that are out, not just outdated, but don't work any longer. I'll, I'll give you a couple of good examples. One is that, and, and this is track specific, this one, is that we've, we found that we were teaching too much initial head drop at turn-in. And as we started to watch these, the top racers and, and speak with them, and that's, that's why it's called the champion school. What are the best in the world doing? We saw that they would pause their head drop at tip in and leave something left over for the drive off the corner, that head drop for the drive off the corner. So we, we went with that one. You and every student that comes to our school did the Rossi leg dangle, right? <laughs> you dangled your inside leg going into the corner. Well, I tried. <laughs> yeah, you tried. You tried. And, uh, and if, he, if he came around and said, well, why would I do that? Well, Valentino Rossi believes he can break harder. He, he lowers his center of mass by that inside leg off. And I was saying, uh, Peko Bagnaya has been, we, we teach, and the best in the world are never in the middle of the seat in the break zone. Their butt is always prepared to the side uh, in the break zone. And, but Bagnaya has his butt off to the side of the upcoming corner, but he's got his inside knee pinching the fuel tank uh, to brace himself against the tank a little bit better. And we we would teach butt off, knee out in the brake zone. And now we're saying, no, you can leave that knee in against that fuel tank to pinch that to pinch that tank, but your butt cannot be in the middle of the seat. So those are those are three uh, quick instances of what we're uh, how we keep evolving. And then we have realized that we get our eyes into the slowest point of the corner. We don't just look at turn in point, apex, exit, turn in point, apex, exit, like we used to teach. We actually look at turn in point and then the slowest part of the corner, which is generally speaking in most exit type corners, as you know, is before the apex. And we actually look at that spot. So we teach that. And then now, and then we came up with this realization that 
we get into for street riding, which is, you know, I love street riding and my instructors love street riding. Even my road racers love street riding. It's just, it's just such a joy. We started to realize that, that in every corner, there's a decision point. And that point is at the point in, in the corner at which you can look through and start to see the exit and decide what control to use uh, and what to do with your radius, thus your speed. So that decision point became a big part of our school, maybe nine, 10, 11 months ago, where we realized, man, we are getting to a point in the corner that allows us to visually decide what to do, as opposed to just riding the corner via radius or et cetera. So those are the kind of things, Paul, those are just quick, five quick examples of us tweaking and tweaking and tweaking. And, uh, you know, I've got just insanely talented instructors, not just as motorcycle riders, but as uh, communicators, and they're all wickedly focused on never crashing again. That that <laughs> that is our focus. We want to never crash again. And there's a couple ways to do that. One way would be to quit. Well, we're not going to quit. The other way would be to go slow. Well, going slow doesn't quite fit our personality. And the other way is to get very very good at this whole thing of motorcycle riding. So every one of my instructors, they're just. They're, they're race, I mean, national champions, they're racing at a national level. They are a group fast. They're just insanely good. And they're all focused on how can I do this better at the pace I want. And so we continually are tweaking and evolving and talking. And that's, uh, if you come back and I hope you do, the school will be tweaked again. Hmm. Well, I, I certainly hope so. I, and that I think it would be, I, I've, I've thought about coming back. I'd, I'd like to see that. Uh, uh, well, and, and you mentioned the street riding and, you know, that's, there's the champ street class specifically, but I, I found champ school helped my, my street riding immensely. And, awesome. I've, and I've mentioned that, you know, the, I'll, I'll circle back to, to all those lessons you were, you were, you were talking about that notebook full of, uh, of the best practices. I'm going to, I want to come back to that, but it's, it's definitely made a difference. I, I still hear those things in my head. So well done on those catchphrases too. Those are Thanks. those are good. Thanks. Um, well, I, I want to kind of touch on this a little bit, staying on this line of you know tweaking and and evolving the the instruction. Uh, and before the class started, I, I did pick up your book, Sport Riding Techniques. However, I, I'll admit that because the decision to attend Champ School was somewhat last minute for me, I, I went through the whole core curriculum, the digital course but I've only started reading the book. Uh, I'll say it's a great refresher. Uh, I like to read a chapter and then go out and ride a little uh, if it's not snowing where I live. <laughs> uh, however, I didn't realize until I looked at the copyright that the edition I have is from 2003. But I'd noticed even early on, there were a few differences. Uh, for example, in the book, you, you start out chapter one by you know, really putting that onus directly on the rider uh, right out of the gate. I also noticed some more minor things that, you know, 100 points of traction is now 100 points of grip, uh, a few other subtle differences. So when we talk about the, the digital curriculum and, and obviously the in-person, it's easier to implement this new material into, into that curriculum. And, and I know there are a few things that, you know, the, the, the head drop, the decision point that, that you might have changed. But is there anything, if you could go back to, to the book, that you might that you might have done differently, or, or you feel, you know, pretty proud of the of, of the way it came out when it came out. Yeah, pretty happy with the message. Uh, pretty happy with the message. The uh, 
know, David Bull, who has passed now, uh, David Bull did a, an incredible job on the production of that book. And I, I, I mean, I sent him words and pictures and he sent back that incredible book. I mean, it just, it just blew me away that the way he put the photos together. I mean, he just did a great job. I'm, I'm super happy with, with the message. And, you know, a minor point on the message there, it was, the book was written in 2003. Uh, I'm still happy with it. It doesn't cover traction control and, and some of the latest evolutions, but writing's the same. I've got a book from 80, who knows, man, 82 or three that Kenny Roberts wrote. And he, he talked about trail breaking back then. So people who are out there thinking, oh, trail breaking is this new thing. And no, no, I've got a John Surtees book. And he says in, in the what fifties. And he said, when you get in the corner a little too, you know, at full chat or a little too quick, whatever, however you put it, you will brush the brakes longer. And so anyway, that, that was kind of interesting. And so the message is still strong. The only thing I would change, Paul, I would make the message more pointed. I would use fewer words and be stronger about the message because as I go through this motorcycle world, I I, I hear about rider deaths and I hear about sons and daughters and, and that news comes to me as it probably does to you as a professional in the industry. And the, the changes that those riders needed to make in that just prior to that moment and in that moment are so small. They're unbelievably small. It is literally how you learn to pick up 2% of brakes in a corner to hold your radius is it would be the difference. So I would be a lot more pointed about this works, this doesn't, do this, don't do that. Here's why. Okay. Okay. Good. Well, th and that's that's different from what I was thinking. You, you definitely uh, definitely get that message through to the reader that there are some things you can do. But the, the first thing I think you said in, that, in chapter one is take a look in the mirror to really see the the onboard engineer here. So maybe just bringing it tighter. And, and yep. unfortunately, the, the more unfortunate news we hear, the, the more you want to drive that message home. I can, I can understand that. Well, and that actually ties in nicely to my, to my next question about sort of a, a, a bigger message. Now, the, the riding school just released, I believe it was, let's see, February, I think, think uh, the Champu New Rider digital course. I, I do remember you mentioning that at that Champ School in Las Vegas. Uh, we ran a press release about it on ridermagazine.com. I thought when I heard it then and, and since I've seen more information about it, that it's a great idea for anyone thinking about taking up riding or maybe returning to riding after an extended absence. One of the things I mentioned in my article about Champ School is, is that I'm riding these numerous lessons are circulating through my head, uh, depending on the riding circumstances. And, and you said, uh, you know, we provide a, a notebook full of the best practices. So I understand it's not reasonable to ask you what the most important lesson is. Again, there's those, you know, the, give me the biggest, the best, all those types of questions. Uh, so I, I, I'm not going to ask you what the most important lesson for a new rider might be. Instead, I'll ask you what might be an overall message or, or a theme, one thing that, that you might say, you know, let's, here's the class, here are the lessons, but is there an, an overarching theme that you, or message that you might give to a new or returning writer? You know, it's, um, it's funny because I, I actually have two specific answers to your question, Paul, because I, right. I think the two specific issues that a motorcycle curious person should hear about or a new writer 
or even a, an advanced expert rider should know the two spots that we're dying the most on motorcycles are one, all by ourselves running wide in corners. That's number one. And number two is in an intersection, a, generally speaking, an uncontrolled intersection, which means no traffic control, stoplight, stop sign in the motorcycle's direction of travel. So that's that means cars pulling out in front of you out of driveways or parking lots. Uh, that's the second place we're dying. Intersections are the most uh, common place of crash, but running wide in corners is the most common fatality. So if you are hanging around with a, a school who, who is not acknowledging that and teaching you the secrets to surviving those spots, to, to literally showing you exactly the motorcycle control operations that save you in those situations, then I, I think that's a disservice. And so with the Champion New Rider, which just came out, and, and is on sale for 20 bucks. I mean, we, we're making these things so available because if you think about a new rider in America takes an online, a uh, couple online hours from whatever new rider school is providing their deal. And then they show up on a Saturday and a Sunday. And then if they can pass this parking lot test, which I think is speeds up to about between 18 and 22 miles an hour is the, is the highest speeds. If they can pass those tests, then they get a license. And now they're free to ride on the road and they're free to buy a ZX14R the day after they graduate, which God bless America. And that's one of the benefits of living here is that we get to do those kind of things, smart or not, but we get to. So now you've got your license, you've got your ZX14R, and you've never practiced braking above 22 miles an hour. So what we did with this champion new rider is said, listen, let's augment all the new rider school's efforts and let's backfill that with, you know, the, the, it can take six to 10 hours to get through this deal and and let's backfill that and add information that they simply can't get in the two-day school and so that was the idea and it and it all does revolve around this idea that radius is tied to mile an hour so you're cornering radius at the lean angle you choose so whatever lean angle you're happy with whether it's dictated by the rain the tires uh the bike dragging on the ground or simply your newness you 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 can't lean over any further because you're you're, you're just so new to it. Your speed dictates your radius. And to run wide in the corner, you have either not slowed the bike efficiently going in, or you've accelerated too hard mid-corner because radius equals miles per hour. If your radius is opening, it's because your speed's not being controlled with the brakes or at or minimum deceleration. So those ideas that you must trail brake pressure into the corner to control your speed into the corner efficiently is, is a big part of it. And then how you operate the controls, especially neutral throttle, how neutral throttle, which is a throttle setting that your bike is not yet accelerating, it is no longer decelerating, it's holding its speed, that will hold your radius. So that is a big understanding for every rider, especially brand new riders. And then how to practice braking is, is kind of a, it's a very important thing because brake, as you felt on the two up laps, Paul, and you commented on them in your story, the brake pressures that the instructors put into the motorcycle with two people on it are unbelievable, right? It, it, it's it's out of this world how hard the instructors brake their motorcycles into the corners with two, even with two people on them. And so the point that gets to you, I'm sure as you got off that motorcycle is, wow, I'm nowhere near maximum braking on my motorcycle. And 99.9% .9 of our students, even after the braking drill that we do, have not stopped their bike at maximum. So now you're riding along, 
car pulls out in front of you and you've never stopped your bike at maximum and you've never stopped your bike from above 22 miles an hour. So you're riding along at 60 miles an hour and you haven't practiced your braking from 60. So that's one big part of champ. You new rider is we have you, we show you how to practice braking and how to get over that initial nervousness of the front brake lever. And the second part of the intersection issue is many new riders are taught to not cover the brakes, to not ride along in traffic, in back roads where they're deer, in parking lots, with their right hand fingers covering their brake lever, laying on their brake lever. And we've taught you, as you remember, and you were already messing with it because you were a veteran rider and, and doing it for a living. We need to learn to ride with our fingers covering that front brake lever. So if you're not covering the brake lever, you're now a half a second late to get to the brake lever. And at 60 miles an hour, that half second is 44 feet. So you've just given away 44 feet of every emergency by not covering the brake lever. So Champion New Rider talks about trailing brake pressure into the corner, neutral throttle, and only accelerating when you can see the exit and take away lean angle. That covers that idea of running wide in the corner. And it shows you how to practice braking. Literally every motorcycle ride you go on, how to practice braking safely and insists that you cover the brake lever and shows you why. So that answers your question is that what's the big, what are the, what are the major things you would look at? Well, those are the major things, how to quit dying on a motorcycle. That's a good lesson. <laughs> yeah. yeah good I, lesson. I, I would like that lesson. I mean, if I'm going to go skydiving, I want to find the skydivers who have done this forever and say, hey, you've really done this well. You're not dead. How are people dying? That would probably be my one of my very first questions. And I actually do want to go hang gliding. How are people dying when they hang glide? And the instructor would say, well, you know what they do? They da 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 If you don't do that, you probably won't die on a hang glider. And that's that's the way the school our, our school works. Right. Well, and I know sometimes that can be a the fatality. I, I think sometimes it becomes a little bit of a, a taboo topic. You almost don't want to talk about it, but at the same time, you have to talk about it. So I, I think, you know, you, you start out, as you mentioned, your instructors don't ever want to crash again. And we definitely don't want riders to, to die. So I think those are two good overall lessons. And you know, you had mentioned the the braking at speed, and 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 I remember that, and, and I actually just a couple of days ago read that section in your book, and and found it interesting because I don't think I had seen a lot of other instruction that said, you know, not only just try hard braking, but but try hard braking at the speeds that you want to be riding. And, yes, sir. And I thought that was great, uh, great advice. And uh, you know, I, I typically when I go out, I. I'll, I'll still run over. I have access just to the, the little course that you have to go on to, to get your certification and, and you know, to, to get your endorsement. And, and I like to just make a few laps, go through the, go through the drills. But even there, at least in Utah, it was, well, you know, get up to, I think, between 15 and 18 miles an hour and then break hard. And, but how often are you just riding 15 to 18 miles an hour? So I, I like that I saw that in the book. And, and I, I'll circle back to what you said. And, and one thing you noted in the book that struck me and was that you also have books that you still keep around and they're kind of dog-eared at this point, yeah. uh, lots of notes. And so I've started uh, dog-earing your book and, and marking in the margins. And I, and I know I'll go back and, and read this. And, and I would highly encourage if, if the new writer digital courses is, is anything like the core curriculum. For me personally, it was very helpful to, to see it. I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a visual learner. And so I, I think 
the the book is actually a nice compliment to the classes. So I, and then of course being there in person, there's nothing like that. So uh, along those lines of, of of being there and and taking the the class in person, you hinted that at this a little bit with your with your first question, but. Can you think of some specific, just really rewarding moments, uh, you know, maybe a, a certain rider that came in and, and maybe they had had really bad experiences or maybe they even had a really bad experience on day one or, and still showed up or were hesitant, maybe. Can you pinpoint some classes that you walked away with just feeling like that was a rewarding day? Yes, I can. There's a certain personality and, and person out there and, and you're, you're one, I'm one my staff are part of this personality where motorcycles are your life. They give you therapy. They give you friendship. I met my wife at the racetrack. They're your whole life. It's, it's kind of all you want to do. Everything else is kind of waiting to ride motorcycles. If you can take your motorcycle, you will. Uh, Oh, it's raining, but I'll go. That's the way we are. And we will meet these people. It's not every student, but it's by the time you decide, decide to come to champ school, you're, you're pretty motivated. You're pretty much into it. And we will get these riders who show up and you can see it in their eyes. And as you end up talking to them, they've crashed themselves almost out of the sport. The last time they're going to try it, they've been told by their family they shouldn't do it. Their accountant tells them they shouldn't do it. They're right at the edge of giving up this incredible dream, this this feeling that they get nowhere else. And that's on a motorcycle. And when we meet those people and we can we reach them. I mean, Paul, you saw what happens, right? You see what happens. We reach these people. And if we haven't reached them on day one, we try harder on day two. And we just keep pushing these ideas of this is the way the bike works. Do this. Don't do that. This works because of this. Don't do this because this will happen. We, we get that whole going. And those when those people, when we get done, I mean, there's tears in their eyes. I, I'm not kidding. They're, they're shaking our hand at the end and hugging us with tears in their eyes because this means so much to them and it's almost been taken away so that type of person it, it makes me cry inside to think that there's so many of them that have a bike they've felt the joy of it the joy isn't every moment of the ride but they've had moments of joy on these rides where like oh my gosh i'm so glad i'm a motorcyclist but they've had so many close counters or crashes they really think i'm not good at this when in fact they are doing the wrong thing with their inputs at the wrong moment it is simple as their processes aren't right it has nothing to do with their prior history how tall they are their gender nothing except their processes are wrong at the wrong moment so those are incredible moments and the instructors recognize themselves in that student and then there's been a couple of you know incredible cases one guy 36 year old accountant he shows up at the school (laughs) 36 year old accountant shows up at the school he has he has an R6, Yamaha R6 at home in the garage, but he could not ride at home. He had had the dealer delivered because he could not ride a motorcycle, but he had an R6, Valentino Rossi, Dynasty Leathers, Valentino Rossi, AGV helmet, all sitting there waiting, but he could not ride a motorcycle. But at the age of 36, he he saw some something hit his brain, like, I got to ride. And so here's this guy shows up, and I remember he was getting filmed in Las Vegas and it started this to drizzle and he was the last person to get filmed on day one. It started to drizzle. And of course the instructor filming him backed off because grip is down in the wet. And this guy crashed in the rain and he got up and he was in tears. He goes, how did you, how did the instructor know? How did he know where the grip was? It was just so cute. But the reason I can 
can laugh is because this guy is now qualified for four AMA nationals. He teaches at a high level. He's just totally into the whole sport. It's changed his whole life. But he had such low moments and hadn't couldn't even ride when he showed up. But he just hung in there. And then a, a gal named Kat, Kat Zimpel showed up and she'd been to other schools, but had, just hadn't got what she needed. She was a professional ballroom dancer and a businesswoman. And she showed up at our school and ended up coming to a few schools and then decided, man, you know what? I really understand this. I'm, I'm going to go racing. And she ended up winning the, uh, 10 amateur championships up and down the East Coast, racing for a year and a half uh, without ever crashing. And uh, I, I remember she's a standout as well. And now we use her as a coach because she just bought in. She thought, oh, I see how this works. So there's thousands of stories like that. But those are two that really stand out because they they just those two just came in and really paid attention and listened and and who knows, Paul, who knows what will happen because, you know, you're, you're an old guy and maybe you should go, maybe you should go armor racing with us. Cause all of us, a bunch of us old guys go vintage racing all the time. It's just a gas. So maybe that's, maybe that's in your future. Who knows? Right. Well, I, I'm, I'm not going to say it wasn't just now rolling around in my head. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. As you exactly. talked about it. It's, <laughs> yeah. it, it definitely gets in you it, riding in general, as you mentioned, it's, it's, it's what you wait to do. And you keep kind of looking out the window and, and, you know, it's funny you mentioned that just yesterday I had to, I just needed to run and, and print something out. I, I was out of ink for, and funny enough, it was, it was printing out some of these questions I had to ask you today and I was out of ink and, and I was looking out my window at my bike. I just was like, I just got to run, run to Walmart. <laughs> it's only about five minutes away. Yeah. Uh, so, yep. so, so I, I get it. And uh, I've got a, on that note, I've got a, a dear friend who's uh, he works, he works in the mental health areas and um, he rides motorcycles and he wrote a story for me years ago. And we talk about it all the time. He said the number one therapy he would give his clients if he could was to have them ride a motorcycle. And, uh, and we, we actually talked about it in, in, in detail, but he said, when you, even when you look at your motorcycle, it provides you choices and it provides you the freedom of making choices. And he said, in those choices is happiness. And, you know, Keith Culver, our, one of our owners and our COO, we talk about helmet therapy all the time. We, we literally say, I need, I need a little helmet therapy because you get on that motorcycle and all of a sudden you are in control of your destiny. And that, that face shield is shut and you can't think of all the bad news and all the things that are happening in the world. You just think about these wonderful choices you get to make. So there's a real feeling to that. And my comment is the therapy of motorcycling cannot kill the patient if you think about it that way. So our goal at Champ School is to allow our patients, our students mm -hmm. to get the therapy and survive it and enjoy it every, literally every moment of the ride to where there's no more, oh, oh, I hope I can make this, or I hope I don't know where, I don't know where this corner goes, or I hope I can miss that gravel, where every moment of the ride is controlled. Because as my friend said, you know, that, that therapy gives us happiness and there's a lot to it, right? You rode your bike to Walmart and you get to Walmart happy. That's just, yep. that's the way it is. Yep, definitely. Well, I, I've been a, I, I've been a mindfulness practitioner for a while and, and, and there's nothing like getting on a bike for, for being in the moment. I, I agree. And and you're right. I, I had not thought of that, but even kind of just looking out at the bike gives you just yep. kind of gives you those little flutters and, and, uh, and it does it sets off the endorphins I'm sure. And, and, and just makes you happy thinking about it. So um, I, I agree for sure. Well, those are great, 
great examples and and i'm sure you do have hundreds of them and yeah uh, crazy even for me it was uh, just a minor really enjoying the ride back through the virgin river gorge a little more than i had going down and and that was just that and and i looked forward to it yes uh, and and so you know it's a it's a small moment it's it was, it was 11 miles <laughs> but uh but it was a great moment and so 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 thank you for that yeah well nick i just have one more question for you i i appreciate again all your time today at the beginning of our question, and I asked you about some of your, your greatest accomplishments. So I, I guess my last question for you is, what's next? Do you have something in your, your, your bucket list that you haven't checked off yet? Something you still want or, or aspire to do? And, you know, maybe, maybe a couple things. You, you had mentioned hang gliding. <laughs> so <laughs> anything two-wheel related or, or flight? <laughs> the, the power of flight? <laughs> well, I, I live right below this very tall cliff and I see raptors up there all the time. And I do not hang gliding. I think I want to parasail. Is that the, is that par what's behind? Yeah. I don't know. What's behind the boat parasailing or yeah. Uh, paragliding. paragliding paragliding is parasailing is behind a boat and paragliding is the same okay. sail, but you're doing it. Yeah. Uh, I, I mentioned paragliding. So if anybody out there wants to talk to me about that, I'm in Colorado. But um, I don't know that that's a big thing. It's funny. What what I would like to do, Paul, is I'd like to maintain my current life as long as possible. That's what I would. That's my goal right now. Is and and my wife Jean and I talk about that. Is that you know you uh, you get to a place in life where it's just very very good and all cylinders are hitting. We're still young and active and, and enjoying our lives. And my gang at YCRS, you know, just incredible. Chip Spalding and Keith and Lamore, Josh Siegel. Chris Paris, you know, Alex Hatfield, all these guys, you know, Cody Wyman and these guys, Isaiah Davis. And I, I I don't name them because I need, they need to hear the themselves on rider.com. I name them because these people are outstanding. You know what I mean? I, I was, Keith once accused me of inviting all my friends to work at the school. And that's the way I feel. All these people are my friends because they are just totally into what they want to do. And once you start to hang around with motorcyclists, especially road racers, they really understand how time works. You know, there, there's nothing you can do to take back a crash. There's lots you can do to not repeat the crash, which is what we focus on, but to take back the crash, there's nothing you can do. You can't rewind time. And road racers realize that my, my wife was a road racer and she, she realizes that there, that once bad things have gone wrong, it is just time to fix, correct, and not repeat. So that, that is really a wonderful group to hang out with. And so to answer your question, I'd like to maintain what I'm doing right now. I just got a new race bike, so I'm really excited about that. I got a Speedworks, built me this 1989 FCR 600 Yamaha, which is what I raced back in the day, uh, some Nationals and, and Willow Springs stuff. So I'm back on a bike that I raced back in the day uh, for Arma, and I just love it. It's the first race bike I've ever had at my house. I, every race bike I've owned or even owned has never been with me. It's always been with my tuner or the factory team. So this is a wonderful thing to have my very own FCR 600. I'm just, I just love working on it. It's in complete pieces right now. And I just love it. And Speedworks built it for me. Steve Long out there is just an in incredible builder. So I like that. Carrie Andrew has a little GPC 550 that is Chris Carr's that I race. And now and then I just hope to do, keep doing some armor racing I have an old truck. I like to load up the old truck and go to these armor races. So that's really cool. And then I've got an MT-10 coming this month or next. So a lot of fun things happening. 
Uh, I've got that FGR 1300 that we talked about that is my touring bike. So a lot of things are going on motorcycling. And I'd like to just kind of just put the world on a pause and just stay at 61 for a, I don't know, a couple more decades and just enjoy what we got going on with the school, with, with my life and uh, with motorcycling. Well, having met you and, and, and seen you in action, I, if anybody can do that, I've no doubt <laughs> it's you. So, <laughs> and I'm glad to hear that things are going so well for you. And, uh, and, and I hope, well, I hope that's Paul. Yeah. Well, it's due, to, it's due to people like you that give of yourselves, frankly, to show up and do these things and, and to, to write things, write, write the truth. And I, I told you when I met you, hey, if we do a bad job, say it. Say this, this, this is not worth it, but you didn't. You, you said they did a good job. It's worth it. It's worth the money. It's a bargain. And that, that is, you know, people, people will say, gosh, that's a lot of money. Well, they're, they're buying a shock absorber, ECU upgrade, and a pipe. So that's more than the, what we're asking for. And why do you buy those pieces, everybody? You buy them because you want your bike to work better, to go faster, to handle better, whatever else it is. And what we will guarantee you is if you spend that money with us, you know, buy all the parts you want, that's fine. But I'll guarantee you, if you spend that money with us, we will make your bike handle so much better than any part you could ever bolt on it that you will be surprised. So, and and Paul, you know that you're nodding your head because you saw how fast my instructors go with you on the back of a stock. Uh, what'd you ride? FC1 or MT10? Do you remember? Yeah, I, was, yeah, I think I was the MT10. Yeah. So on a back of a stock MT10 stock with except for Q3 pluses, now they're a Q5S tire on it. That's the only thing we change, how well that bike works with proper input. So everybody says, oh, that school's so expensive. Oh, really? Oh, you've bought all these bike parts. Why? Oh, I want my bike to be better, be faster. Well, we will we will make your bike better and faster and beyond your belief. That is truly the deal. Because if you think about how could we be doing what we're doing, how could we be sold out and full at the price we're paying? The only way we could do it is because people get more than what they need. And you can say, well, you know, I don't I don't think a, a Porsche is worth the money. That's fine. Just buy the buy the used high end eye. That's fine. But there are many people who buy the Porsche and believe it's worth the money. And that's really what we're trying to show you with our school is that if you can take the time and the money, we will provide for you a device that makes your bike a whole lot better. Well, I don't sugarcoat things. I if uh, I, I call them as I see them. And, and I was pleased to, to say how great everything was. Definitely well worth it. Uh, you know, that that does cycle back to that. You know, the you can you can buy the parts, but it's. Yeah. You know, in that case, you're you're paying to 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 develop the onboard engineer, really. And that, there you go. Perfect. Uh, yeah. That's that's invaluable. So yeah. well, thank you so much. We'll include links to the school. Is there anything else you'd like us to to mention or anything else you want to add at this point? The prices of our online schools are kept low on purpose and we could charge more and make more, but the more hands we get these in, the better life's gonna get for motorcycling. And that's why they're on purpose low. They're not a profit center for us. Uh, they're just kind of breaking even. And that's that's exactly fine with us because at some point, you know, Paul, if if those of us who know how the bike is supposed to be ridden don't step up and start to speak over some of these bad voices, then our sport will just kind of continue to idle along, not really grow, continue to hurt people, repeatedly hurt people. And the faster these riders try to ride or the more mistakes they make, the more they get hurt. So those of us who know, and you're, you're among those now, 
Uh, Greg is too. He's been to the school. Those of us who know had better step up and, and say stuff. So our idea behind these champ schools is champ U programs, uh, new rider at this point core. We have champ body coming out. We have a traffic survival coming out. If we can't get those into everybody's hands because they're overpriced, then, then we would be missing out on what I believe is one of our core precepts is to those who know have to start saying stuff and we have to overwhelm the voices of straight line braking only, get off the brakes before you tip in, power through the corner, you should be braking or accelerating, don't cover the brake lever. We have to overwhelm those voices because 4,900 riders have died on a motorcycle per year for the last five years. So that's 25,000 riders who have died on a motorcycle. And you can think to yourself, well, gosh, they made bad choices, but I will prove to you they made bad choices based on what they knew. They, they learned things that were incorrect, literally anti to what the designers of the bike have done. So that is why we truly appreciate you, Greg, the whole community at Rider that jumps in behind these ideas and talks about Rider training, because that is what will grow our sport. We have the ABS, the TC, the yaw control, the wheelie control, TC at lean angle, power modes. We have all those things. We have the best tires imaginable. The bikes are outstanding, yet we're still dying on them because the rider is not doing the right things. And our whole idea behind Champ U and Champ School and, and Champ Street and Champ Mill, all the programs that we do is to bring the rider up to the level of the motorcycle. And you having seen that, and now jumping in with this podcast with me and, and being so pushy about this message is truly appreciated by our group because I believe we can change motorcycle riding in America when we get that rider up to the level of the motorcycle. Well, it's, it's a good message. It's, it's, uh, and, and, and a good mission, I think. So that's, uh, it's, it's valiant. And, and, and I admire it and, and I appreciate what you guys are doing. So we, we're glad to, glad to help promote it and, and, and keep our eyes out for those new courses. Please let us know as those new digital courses come out and, and we'd, we'd be glad to help you spread the word. So Yeah, terrific. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, take, take one of your non-riders and put them through the course and see what they think. It'd be really fun because that is what we hope for. We hope that non-riders who had motorcycle interest would take champion new rider and see that, oh my gosh, I can do this. You know, that is one of the main messages of champion new rider is you can do this, but you must do this and not do that. Do this, don't do that. So that would be a wonderful thing. That's that, that'd be fun. Right. Well, well, I've got a lovely woman that I live with <laughs> Good. Good. Who, who loves to be on the back of the bike. <laughs> so I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to see her at the, at the helm. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, well, thank you. Thanks so much for this. It means a lot to us. It means, you know, it means the world to us because this is what my group has decided to do. We've decided to take our lives and run a motorcycle school and it is our lives. I mean, it's all, it's all we talk about. It's all we do. So for you to support us like this is, is truly appreciated. Well, it's, it's a pleasure. I truly enjoyed it. Great group of folks. Please send my best and my gratitude to everybody on the team, everybody in Las Vegas that, that was there and, and, and what a great experience it was. So we'll do. Well, thanks, Nick. I appreciate it. And, and I hope you have a good rest of the week and weekend, and we'll look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks, Paul. All right. Thank you. Bye. If you've enjoyed listening to the Writer Magazine Insider Podcast, please subscribe, leave us a positive rating and tell your friends. 
We also encourage you to visit ridermagazine.com where you can get the latest in motorcycle news and reviews and sign up for our free weekly newsletter. You can also subscribe to print and digital editions of Rider Magazine, which is published 12 times a year. Thanks again for listening.